0: today, here on this Easter Sunday, as we turn our attention in a unique way every year towards the resurrection of Jesus, I've called my message today, Why Easter? Why? Why do we do this? Why is this a thing? Uh, I can guarantee you it's not about a bunny and some candy, although that's a lot of fun, and I know a lot of our kids enjoy, uh, certainly when parents kind of lose their mind and buy them a bunch of candy, and they get to, to just crash in on all of that. I'm sure that many, many children are enjoying that, and I'm sure there's a little bit of extra generosity and grace this year, which is a good thing as we celebrate Easter. But Easter is a celebration and a holiday that celebrates the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We gather together, really we gather together every Sunday because of what happened on that resurrection morning. The first day of the week, Jesus rose from the dead. The power of God unleashed on the darkest thing that can happen to us as human beings. Death overcome by life. Death, as Paul says, swallowed up in victory. And make no mistake, this is not some made-up story. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a wish and a hope, and wouldn't it be nice? This is a fact. This is one of the best attested facts in all of ancient history. We looked at that last Easter. as We read through Uh, or we gave out a bunch of copies of Lee Strobel's The Case for Easter. What A great short book, just like 80 pages, that gives us real evidence of the resurrection, a powerful, powerful truth. And so every spring, we gather to celebrate that. The one who gave his life so that we could live. The one who rose to conquer death and to bring life to all those who put their trust in him. And I pray that you have. There is hope in Jesus. Make no mistake, wherever you are, whatever you are facing, there is hope in Jesus. And maybe you've lost your grip on that, maybe you're far away, but Jesus's defeat of the grave itself offers the promise of hope to you. And so Easter, we celebrate Easter because Jesus rose from the dead and it means all that, but that's not what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about something a little bit different. I'm going to talk about why did Easter have to happen in the first place. Like this story about the Son of God giving His life. Why? Why does the story take the path that it takes? Why why did God decide to send His Son to be born and to inevitably walk towards death on a cross? For those of you who are believers, I think what we talk about today may change your life. And for those maybe who are listening who haven't decided whether they're going to be a follower of Jesus or not, they maybe haven't decided if this is something they're going to do, this is some way they're going to be, maybe what we talk about today will help you understand why you should, why it would be a fabulous idea for you to give your life to Jesus. And so at the end of this, I'm going to invite everyone to respond. And so follow along, because there may be something that God has for you in this that you never thought possible. So let me start here. Have you ever wondered why we're not supposed to do certain things? Why some things are out of bounds? You know, if we're Christians and believers or just in a a moral society, there are some things that's like you shouldn't do that. That's a bad thing, and, and that shouldn't be something that you're doing. I mean, really, everything that we're, maybe not everything, but a lot of the things that we're told not to do sound like fun. And they they are presented over and over again as the very definition of enjoying your life and never missing out on anything that, that is important and exciting. Or maybe you've asked this question. If God can forgive us, Christians talk about forgiveness all the time. So if God can forgive us, why doesn't he just forgive everybody? For everything. If God is a forgiving God, why doesn't he just forgive? And, and let it be done. Let it be ended with that. Why doesn't God just do that? I mean, is it really that big of a deal if I just tell a little white lie? Why does God care who I sleep with? If I'm trying to make sure I'm sparing someone's feelings, isn't it okay to say something less than true, less than honest? Or maybe you've asked this question. If God is supposed to be good and all-powerful, why do such awful things happen in this world? so there are a lot of questions that surround our lives about a relationship with God. And some of them are very valid. Some of them are are very logical and realistic. But the answer to those questions have to do with what I want to talk about today. And it has to do with the reality of why the Easter story takes the path that it does. Why does Easter look like Easter? And under all these questions and all the confusion and all the chaos is one big point, and that is this. This is the point I want us to get today. People everywhere, including believers, have really overlooked what God has been trying to tell us about sin. All that God does and all that God has said has this underpinning of an understanding of what sin is. Now, the word sin can sound churchy. It can sound very, you know, like super spiritual. Oh, sin, you know what that is. But I'm going to tell you, we use that word It's a lot more practical. It's a lot more life day in, day out than some kind of church thing where you need to talk about sin and and feel like you have some kind of theological background. Because it is the driving force behind much of what God has said and done. If you don't understand what sin is and how big of a deal it is, then God's choices and God's words and, and Easter itself won't really make any sense to you. Because sin has real effects on every single person's life. Every single one of us, myself included, sin has real life effects on all of us. And so I'm going to start in Romans chapter 5, and I'm going to read to you from the Apostle Paul. We wrote a letter to the, the believers in Rome, verse 12, and here's what he says. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, And in this way, death came to all people, because all have sinned. Paul says, sin entered the world. What he's saying there is, God did not create this world like we experience it. And we're going to look a little bit more at that as time goes by. God did not create this world as we currently experience it day in, day out. Sin enters the world. And then he says, It entered because it went through one man. In other words, man chose sin. And when man does, and to be honest, men and women, human, still choose sin. Every single day, all around the world. We choose it. And then he says, and death came to all people. It spread to all of us, and its effects spread to all of us. So let me start, what is sin? We hear that word, we think of church, sin is simply, at its most basic, choosing to try to exist without our creator. Said a different way, it is choosing to try to exist as our own God. Choosing to reject the one who has the power and authority, the one who made us. Pushing away his presence, his power, his provision, his guidance, pushing away him away it comes out in all kinds of different things but it is pushing away our God that's exactly where sin started in Satan the devil chose to push away God we read it in Isaiah where he says I will be like the most high I don't need you God I would make a better God than you I think I'm going to push you out and I'm going to be God instead we find it in the garden with Adam and Eve who were convinced to do something they were told not to do, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were convinced by this argument, if you eat it, you won't need God, you can be your own God. And we find this impulse in every single one of us. We think we would make a better God than God, at least in some areas. Like, I don't want to have to manage Jupiter and, you know, all the stars, it's like eh, all the physics, I don't need to deal with all that stuff, but, you know, God, if I could just be in charge of everything that matters to me. I think I would make better choices than you. And we're real gracious with God. We're like, you know, God, you've got a lot going on. you got a lot of things to think about. So, you know, if you could just, like, listen to my advice here. What we're really saying is, I think I would be better at being God in my life than you are. Because we would rather be in charge of our own lives. This is sin. And it shows up in all kinds of behaviors, in all kinds of choices, in all kinds of attitudes. But this is where, at its most basic, This is where it comes from. No, thank you, God. I'll take the wheel. I'll do it myself. And when we push away the one who is life, there are consequences. When we push away life itself, it brings exactly what Paul says in this verse. Death came through sin. Here's what we miss. Here's what we underplay. And believers, I'm talking to you. Sin is death. Sin is horrible. It is not something to take lightly. It is a terrible thing. And we talk as Christians about all kinds of death, physical death, spiritual death. Everything is separation. Those deaths are separation from the life we were created for, and we feel it. This life is frustrating. It's painful. It's hurtful because of sin because the life that we live now is not the life we were were created for because sin entered the world and death came into the world through sin death shows up in all kinds of different ways it's not just when someone dies and they're in a casket death shows up in destructions all through your life deaths of dreams and visions deaths emotionally there are all kinds of deaths destructions I saw one commentator describe the word death here as the misery that accompanies separation from the life-giving God. The misery we experience in life is represented in this word, death. The devastation and destruction that comes from sin, my sin or the sins of others, the sins long past. Sin brings misery and devastation. So as you're listening to this today, I'm not sure how desperate you are for God. I'm not sure how, like, convinced you are that it has to be God. And it can't be anything else. It's got to be God. But the misery in your life is telling you something. The misery in your life is telling you sin is having its way. You have been pushing away God as God. You've been focusing on other things. You've been sorting through it without Him. Without the power of the resurrection in view, you've been sorting through it some other way. So you become miserable. Sin kills. It chokes the life out of us. And so sin in my life literally is a matter of life and death, day in, day out. And this is why I say this to you believers. Sin is not something you can take and enjoy in small doses. It is something that destroys you. Down to your very soul, bit by bit, day by day, piece by piece, it eats your soul. And I've said this hundreds of times as I've talked with believers. It's like taking a knife and plunging it into your soul. As you choose to do what your Creator says, don't do that, you literally inflict damage on your own soul. And as you do that, you feel the effects. You don't see them as physically as if you had done it with a knife physically. But sin is deadly. It is poison to your soul, but it's disguised as ice cream. It is pandemic, but it's disguised as freedom. Sin gets us to embrace death by lying to us, and we all buy the lie. This is why God can't just forgive. Why doesn't God just forgive, everybody? Just let it go. Why doesn't God just forgive? Because sin is death. I was recently watching our grandson, Emmett. I took him out for a walk. We were walking down the sidewalk, and we were on the hunt for sticks, leaves, and rocks. These are tremendously valuable things to a two-year-old. And so we were looking for these things, and as we were walking down the street, he pointed out to the street where there was this fabulous leaf. It was, it was just choice. It was prime. It was awesome. It was this wonderful leaf out in the street. And he started to walk towards it. And I said, no, Emma. Can't go out in the street. Now, why couldn't I just forgive him? Oh, no. Oh, you know, he said, no. you just walk out in the street. See, forgiveness like that doesn't solve the problem. Somewhere inside of me, there were no cars coming, so I wasn't real worried, but I want him to know you don't just go walking out into the street when you're with Pop. This is not going to be okay, because I know there's danger out there. I mean, I don't want him to face that danger. The point is much bigger than whether or not he obeyed me. The point is, I asked him to obey me because of the death that was out there, if you went that way. If he doesn't know the boundary of safety for him, he's going to wind up getting hurt. Destroy. Sometimes we accuse God of trying to steal the fun out of our life, but we've bought so many lies, we can't even judge God's wisdom correctly. Because we play like sin is just some little thing. Why can't we do what makes us happy? Why does it matter to God? Why does God have all these rules and this and that and don't do this and do that? But what we lost sight of is how devastating sin actually is first to our souls, and because it kills our souls, by extension, it kills our whole life. Every single one of us has felt the death and destruction of sin in our lives, and it always brings death. Jesus' brother James says, sin, when it's fully formed, brings forth death. It doesn't bring forth, it promises to bring forth other things, but it never does. All it does is destroy. That's what sin does. Let me use just another picture. Sin is like a deadly disease of your soul. Like, say, cancer or something like that. Spreading corrupting good parts. You, How much cancer is, you know, everything in moderation. Yeah, a little bit of this can't hurt you. Yeah, whatever. We don't see sin like cancer. But if when we embrace it without seeing it like that, it starts to spread. It starts to kill. It starts to bring Destruction to to parts of us that we need. It starts killing us piece by piece. And so let's say you have cancer of your soul. And let's say there were a doctor, just like there's a cancer doctor, and you went to the cancer doctor and he said, I forgive you. But he didn't get the cancer out. He's not really showing you any kindness, is he? When we say, why can't God just forgive everyone for everything? He's not really just saying, well, it doesn't matter that you didn't listen to me. The reason he asked you to listen to him is because what he told you is there's death there. And when we embrace it, it destroys us. And it doesn't matter if God just says, oh, I'm not going to hold that against you. The sin will still kill you. If you find yourself in the coming weeks with the coronavirus and you go to the doctor and he says, yeah, I forgive you. You're going to be like, "Uh, doctor, could you treat me? (laughs) I would like to overcome this, please. Could you make sure that I'm okay? Paul says, Sin brings death. And it's not a hit or miss problem. It's not those bad people, those people in in shady ideas and doing things that are questionable. It is not a hit or miss thing. Death comes to all because all have sinned. It is something, this death, even the physical death that we are well aware of, when I say death, the first thing that comes to your mind is physical death. It comes to us all. Every single one of us have an appointment with physical death that's ahead of us. But the reason that that breaks your heart when you lose a loved one is because we weren't meant to live this way. Sin entered the world. Death came through sin. Before sin entered the world, there was not death in this world. So one of the reasons that death and losing loved ones and even our own death is so overwhelming, one of the reasons people are reacting how they are to the threat of coronavirus death is because we weren't created to live with this. It short-circuits us. It trips the breaker. We don't know what to do. It's too much. We weren't made for death. God created us for life. We weren't created to say goodbye to people we love, to face the end of our own lives. We weren't, in fact, even created to age and break down. I mean, that hasn't happened to me. But some of us, as we get older... know things get like a little more sore and legs don't work the same way and even your brain doesn't work the same way as it used to God did not create us for this it is why it is so overwhelming and so hard it's what sins existence brought into our lives all of these effects all of these deaths and it acts very much like that virus or that disease growing spreading taking over everything, making everything darker and worse. Some of you are living in the pit that sin created in your life. And I'm not saying some of you are without Jesus, although if you're without Jesus, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But many of us with Jesus are living in a darkness created by embracing sin in our lives. We think because we have Jesus that we don't have to be serious about sin. We can take that poison, and now we're immune to it. It should be okay, because he forgives us. We see it around us every day, the effects that sin has as we embrace it. We reject God's light on what's right and wrong, and we've never been more miserable. We've never been more frustrated. We've never felt more isolated and lonely. We've never been more emotionally and spiritually unhealthy. We've never been more depressed. We've never been more angry. We've never been more lost because we embrace sin, and as we follow it, it kills us. So, the only answer, just like the only answer for cancer, it must be removed from us. It must be removed from our soul. And the reason Easter goes how it goes is because the, the salvation that is provided for us happened through Jesus' death on a cross. And his death on a cross, he embraced death, and by embracing death, he paid sin he took what sin brings and he suffered it even though he didn't sin he suffered for sin he embraced death and as he died he destroyed sin Jesus' death is the cure for the disease of sin and he rose again to give us a disease-free, sin-free life. The Easter story has to understand what sin is, how serious it is, or it makes no sense. Paul says later in that same chapter this, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life, Jesus Christ our Lord. Do you see this contrast? Sin brings death, but through Jesus Christ, we are offered eternal life. Jesus defeated sin and death on the cross. He died to destroy it, and by dying, he took the effects of our sin on him, so we can be free from both sin and death. God put the, the, the results of sin on Jesus so we could live. Colossians 1:22 paul says this but now god has reconciled you by christ's physical body through death in other words the way that god has made things right the way god has brought healing and hope to us is through christ's physical body as he died and so sins results are all passed to the work of jesus christ on the cross and Easter, as Jesus rises from the dead, is what brings us hope that the death of sin is not the death of us. It is not the end of us. There is a new life that our Creator intended for us all along that is available to us. We threw it aside. We threw it away. But He has brought it back to the body of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. This is why we celebrate Easter. We have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. It offers us real, eternal, lasting, durable confidence. It is life that we were meant to have. And it knows no bounds, it knows no limits. It goes to the darkest places. That you can find. It rescues the most powerless and the most lost. You cannot write a story so dark that the power of the resurrection cannot kill sin and bring new life. The power of the true and living God is poured out, but you must invite it. God does not choose for you. You choose it. You choose to embrace it. You choose to see why God made such a big deal about sin. Today, I want to invite you to be healed. To be revived. To be restored. To be rescued. To be saved from sin and the death it brings. I hope you heard this today. Sin is not a treat or a dessert that you can indulge in. It is death death and what when Satan can convince us that it's something desirable, when he can mask our eyes to the truth, that it is poison, that it is cancer, that it is death, we start to inch closer, we destroy ourselves. So let me invite you. if you've been living apart from God, God makes an offer of salvation to you today through Jesus Christ. Through his death, he took the penalty of sin, the penalty for your sin, and paid it. He took the results of your sin, and he suffered it in your place, so that sin could be killed in you. So I would say, if you've been living apart from God, the invitation is invite him to your soul today. God, I need that. Get rid of this disease. Take it away from me. I want nothing more to do with it want your life me. rescue me and he will do it he will come he says to all those who call to all those who believe he will bring life to you through Jesus Christ for you so today if that's you respond cry out to God Lord I need them pray tell someone tell a believer that you know maybe someone that, that's in your life that you know knows Jesus talk to them In the comments on this, on on social media, you can let me know, or you can email me. You can go to our website and email me. We will follow up with you. But don't keep living in the death sin brings. Jesus died, so you don't have to. He rose again, so you can be born again and live a new life. But believers, Easter is for you. It is a lens must change our lives. If you're honest, there's probably some places in your life where you've been treating sin as something not too serious, not very deadly. You've excused it. You've made a place for it. You've said, Jesus, don't worry about that. Maybe you even believe it's something desirable, something you can't live without. You need to turn today. You need to stop acting like what Jesus died to kill is the thing that you want. And you need to do it today, because today is the day he rose again. Today is the day he brought new life to you. And you've been living like he didn't bring new life to you, but he did. You need to turn. You need to stop embracing sin. So what I would say is, confess. Talk first to the Lord, but talk to somebody somebody close to you, somebody you know knows Jesus. If you need me, let me know. Text me, email me. We will talk. Say, man, I've been blowing it. I've been acting like sin is something I want. And Jesus died for that. I don't want it. I want him. I want life, not death. Don't just leave it in your mind. We play so many games in our mind. Make it real by speaking it out loud to someone. Have a real discussion with someone you trust. And then live in the forgiveness in the freedom in the new life that you've been given. So the choice is in front of you today. Will you respond to the story of Easter? Will you respond to what Jesus did for us this weekend about 2,000 years ago? Don't let this just be a day of nice decorations and spring and wonderful weather and, and good food and catching up with people and don't let it just be a social, emotional holiday. Let this be a day where what happened on the cross and what happened as Jesus came out of the grave brings transformation to you. It brings life to you. You stop living in the death that sin brings. Let me pray for us as I pray. You feel free to pray close our service. Father, this morning, may your Spirit powerfully work in every person's heart who is listening to this. May you, by by your Spirit's voice, speak clearly to us. Help us to see the places in our life where we have acted like sin is something okay, not too bad. Something maybe we're missing out on. Desire. Help us to recognize how seriously you've taken sin as you sent your son to die to pay the price for it. And help us to embrace the truth as well in our own lives. Father, I know today you want to pour out your life in the lives of people. If there's people, someone that's listening to this right now who doesn't know where they stand with you. They can feel the effects of sin in their lives. Something done to them. Something they've chosen to do. Or many things. And they want to be free from it. But today Father, help them as they cry out to you and say, yes Lord. Kill the sin and may Take the death away. I want Jesus' death to be in my place. I don't want to waste it. I want it to just to, to I want to be born into new life, the power of the resurrection. Father, for each believer out there that's that's been wandering, it's gotten off course, it has been struggling, bring us back to the life that comes through Jesus. And I pray, Father, as we close, that the power of the resurrection would be alive in your people like never before as we all shelter away from a virus that could damage or kill our body, as we take such drastic measures to avoid physical death or damage, let us not be so hypocritical that we treat spiritual death and damage lighter. Let us walk in the freedom that we've been given in Jesus Christ. Make us alive like you made Jesus alive. We thank you for Easter. We thank you for resurrection. We thank you for our Savior, and I pray your blessing over every person watching us right now. Show them your love, show them your grace, show them your goodness. Sustain us this day and this week. May we know your presence in our lives and your power for us. We thank you, God. We love you, Lord. We praise the name of Jesus for the Lamb has overcome. In the name of Jesus, we pray.